ahead of what is going to be a absolutely insane Super Bowl Dynasty Points Market Report, the February 8th edition is here for you all. Insane program. So much to cover. We promise it won't be an hour and a half. We heard you. We're going to we're going to bring it down. We were just excited last time. Of course, I am your host with the most time on his hands. I am Thomas Simple. You can find me everywhere on social media at L Nostra Thomas. And I got to tell you my fun fact today. It's an elite one. There is one fullback in NFL history that has more receptions than Marshall Falk in his career and is somehow not in the Hall of Fame. That is legend Larry Centers. And I am Tom Lee. You can find me on X at Tom underscore Lee 92. Uh, And like last week, I thought I'd bring us another outdated law from the world of Australia. This week, did you know it's an offense to possess more than 50 kilos of potatoes in Western Australia? What? (laughs) Hating Not consume, possess. (laughs) And I am Andy Buckler. You can find me on Twitter at Andy underscore Buckler. My fun fact for today is, you know, there's only one mammal that is capable of flying, and that is a bat. Oh, my God. He's bringing the we we got we got laws we got nature and we got some football fact for you. It's the full Nat, Nat Geo discovery. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, of course. Fantasy points provides a lot of things like this year's Super Bowl prop contest. Obviously, for all the details, head to fantasypoints.com. It will be there on the landing page. Insane. Prizes over sixteen hundred dollars in prizes, including max tier subscriptions, uh, plus fantasy points, T-shirt, merchandise, all-in subscriptions, premium subscriptions, standard subscriptions. You name it, we have you covered. It's real easy to enter. All you need is to be subscribed to fantasypoints.com. Do not waste any time. Head over there right now. Okay, as I promised, we have a lot to get to, and I'm very excited to get to everything today. This is just going to be a whirlwind. We are, we are again, taking it back to how we used to do things. Real simple here. This is not a new show. We covered a little bit of coaches and stuff last week, and you know what? We ended up rambling on. Not doing <laughs> that, that again. Good. We're cutting into it with the nitty and gritty. So speaking of that, Tom Lee, what do we have set up for the people in this first segment here. So last week it was Smoko. We were fanging for Maccas and we went on a Maccas run. This week we're down at the pub and we're having a pot and a palmy. It's a simple lunchtime affair, a lighter look at the dynasty landscape. And this week's topic is how do we assess a roster's potential heading into the next season? Do you push? Do you tear down? Or what the hell do I do with this roster? It's so important. And we've gotten a lot of questions about this in the Fantasy Points Discord, which is where you will find myself most of the time and when the guys get their time they hop in there as well so if you have questions and you want them covered on the show you can tag any of us in that discord we take note of it we write it down this is an important question at this point roster construction at this time of the year is important how do you know if you're a tweener And it's important to note, some people think that if they finished sixth, they're like a player away. Realistically, you're probably not. Uh, Because (laughs) you can be be in fourth and third place and lose to Brashad Perriman in the finals. Which happened to a lot of people in 2019. You can be as prepared as you want to. Now there's arguments between, do you have a trade deadline? Do you not have a trade deadline? We're not here for that. That will be an entire series uh, <laughs> that I that I might conduct short interviews with different guests for different appearances and just wrap it into one episode. But we're not here for that. But it's important to target certain players that will kind of let you know where you stand. Obviously, if you finished in the bottom four, you kind of have an idea. But Andy, what are you looking at first when you're looking at a roster in a vacuum how do you start to assess and take an honest-to-God look in the mirror and go, this team sucks and what I have to do? <laughs> or my team is goaded and I'm running it back next year. 
What are the less obvious ones for you? Well, first off, I want to look at the rest of the league. Like, I want to look at the rest of the league and see where they stand, see what their teams are looking like, see if maybe like a like a fake good team won the championship, or if there is two good like two teams that are really above. You know, if you're in like year four or five of a dynasty league, that's when the league could kind of get a little unbalanced. That's when there will be like three teams that are really really in it, and there's a bunch of ass teams. So you'll kind of know where you stand with that. But I will say with the question, like kind of get out, like not fully off topic, but the tearing it down part, I think I think the tearing it down part is probably the most overrated because I th- it seems like a lot of people want to just burn buy-ins for no reason. Like you might win a championship and you have a bunch of old players and you just want to win and then then burn it, burn the, burn the team down. That's dumb to me. And I think that's something that people do kind of way too often. I know that NFL seasons are really different, right? There's a lot of variance every year and the landscape changes drastically every year. But if you're a number one in points by a lot, you went like 13 and one and you have like Devontae Adams, Stefan, you have all these old players. The odds are your team is still really damn good. You don't need to go sell all those players and just burn a buy-in for no reason. If you're that dominant the year before, just stick to it and like see how many you could win. And like, I think tearing it down is probably the most overrated thing in dynasty, especially when at right after you win, it's, it's, it's the, kind of the dumbest thing to me. I know I didn't really answer the question, but that's how I feel about that part. Of it. What do you think? Tommy? I think it's an important part. I like, I like what you're saying, which is look outside of your own team and you're right. Tearing it down, I think is overrated because I think people aren't very good at tearing their team down or they don't know what it truly means. My favorite thing to do in every league is to say, I'm tearing it down as soon as the off season starts, because all it's going to do is drive up interest in your roster and then make it more bioavailable as to what's out there. So bring the people to you rather than having to go filing through and looking for the like you know the gold and the nitty gritty. Um, how do you assess it? For me, it's always look at look within first and then go to the rest of it. Where did you expect yourself to finish, and did you finish there? Don't worry about building the narrative about where it should have got to. What did you expect from this roster? And if you didn't know, ask yourself that question this off season because you should. You should be thinking what is this capable of. And then frame it via what's in the league. So you're right. If there is a team who knows what they're doing and are rebuilding, and you look outside and you're like, fuck, this, this is a huge train truck coming through um, that's going to wipe out everyone, maybe it's not good to stand in the way of that and hope that Brashad Perriman's going to carry across the line. Now, it may happen down the line, but don't go in with that plan. That sounds terrible. So have foresight, have a look around, but honestly, assess your roster. If you finish bottom four, were you trying to finish bottom four? If so, you unluckily finished in the bottom four. You should have finished bottom two because with a plan, you should be executing that plan. Yeah, getting a late start and selling off can just absolutely nuke your offseason before it even starts. I think both of you have aspects that I appreciate in this, but I disagree with a lot of it. I think that tearing down is not the stupidest thing you can do. Uh, Just for as a reference, in our league of record, or sorry, in our home league here, uh, same guy won it three years in a row. Shout out Lindsay. He absolutely sold off every single piece he had that was over like 28. 27, 28, he got rid of it. Even some younger. Uh, and he just accumulated nine first round picks over the next two years and still kept a handful of key building blocks That's, like Andy's yeah. RB1, James Cook. Uh, he got in a, in a deal for an older. It was Henry and what you know something else. I, I can't quite remember how he got it, but he still has enough young talent. I think Tom Lee, like you said, how you don't like to do it. I think you were right in the sense that people don't really know what it means. Yeah, I think, I think there's a fear that, to it, right? Yeah, and there's also a ceiling to tearing it down. You yeah. can only tear it down so far until you are now selling players off. At a detriment. For the, yeah, for the sake of selling it off. Yeah. You need core elements to a- appropriately go into a rebuild. Also, I will say, the only time you should be truly considering a rebuild is if you have so poorly managed the team trying to, week by week, add enough to just make it to the next week. If you yeah. have done that and you have so poorly gotten to that point in your roster where you have minimal first round picks, minimal second round picks, maybe a handful here and there. Maybe they're all late because you made trades. You have a bunch of Amari Coopers, Cooper Cups, Derek Henrys. But in your starting roster, you had a bunch of Josh Palmers, 
right? <laughs> Noah Brown's leading you the way. Bo Melton helped you down the stretch. <laughs> that is a gross mismanagement of your assets. Yeah. That should have been recognized a long time ago. And yeah. you've missed your opportunity to fully tear it down. So that's one of the first things that I'm looking for is how much of your roster is being taken up by a couple of key factors. We'll start with number one. How many of your guys are dependent on them needing a contract right now or their dead assets? Yeah. How many of your guys are at the end of their first year contract and you're not too sure if their team is going to resign them? That's that's a very big difference. There's a difference between Derrick Henry needing a contract there and a difference between T. Higgins either getting franchise tagged or getting a long-term deal anywhere. Because those yeah. two things completely changes dynasty value, in my opinion. And then the last thing, what are your anchors? Because I have teams, Andy, in a league that we are in. I have been rebuilding for two years because I made very bad decisions. I've gone the opposite. I do not have elite wide receivers. I have all three elite running backs. I've drafted Gibbs, Bijan, and I made a trade for Hall. I drafted Stroud. There's my base. Right? And I, you know, almost traded away Jordan Love, but, you know, <laughs> managed to hold on to him. So I have a base now. Now my rebuild, I'm finally ready to push some pieces in and really contend next year after accumulating two or three more higher picks where I don't have to start Tyler Conklin at tight end anymore, as I've been doing for two years. What's wrong with starting Tyler Conklin? <laughs> because I can have Brock Bowers, and I would much rather have that. Yeah, Although fair. we did get robbed. We did get robbed of top 12 Conklin with Aaron Rodgers not being around. Because you can't tell me Conk Daddy wasn't going to go nuclear with A-Rod. But those are the three things Yeah. Okay. Uh, that I look at specifically before I tear down and – I definitely try to assess whether or not how far I can tear down before it becomes a detriment. I think you're right. I think if done poorly, like to Andy's point, you can find yourself in a really bad spot. So it really is about the execution of it. And I think that's really what I'm like, what my point would be is it's not necessarily when do I tear down, it's how do I tear down. And if I'm going to do it with this particular roster, like Tom says, how far can I get into it and where can I take it? Yeah, I guess it's not always like don't tear down. It's just knowing, like, like you said, knowing how to do it, right? You could tank and still have players. You don't want a Bugatti meme your team, like the meme with the Bugatti in the trap house, just for no reason having one player. Because all you're doing, all you're doing is setting your team back further and further, and you're just not going to be able to win. Like you sell everything for a bunch of seconds. You have no players. Like there was people this year in leagues, the league I'm in, where he scored 400 points this year on the season. He scored 400 points. He had no players. Okay, now you have Caleb Williams. Okay, cool. They have a quarterback. You have nothing else. Your team's ass, and you're not going to be able to win for at least three more seasons just pushing back for no reason. So, yes, tearing down makes sense, but when you're coming off of a championship, unless it's super fluky, you should know that. There's just no reason to do it and not and do it so drastically. You can get the 101 and still have players, and you need to look at it like that. And don't just like – don't same way you can over-contend, don't over-tank. Ooh, I like that. Over contend, don't over tank. I like that. It's nice. And like you said about the 101, that's going to roll us into the next bit. And I'm going to explain that in just a minute. When we come back, I'm going to have Tom Lee give us the rundown again. And I'm going to hop directly into finishing uh, that thought I had with exactly what Andy said about the 101. So sit tight, five seconds. We'll be right back. Okay, Tom Lee, what do the people get to look forward to in this next segment here? It's time for Hard Yakka. Hard Yakka. So, pick or treat. The brief for this section today is that Tom and Andy both have three rookie picks each, and these range between the 101 to the 106 because it's that time of the year when everyone wants rookie picks, knowing they're going to increase in value. But what do we do with them? Do we move them now? Do we let them accumulate value? Is there an opportunity to buy or use them to acquire picks or players that help support us and set us up for the future. That's what the brief today is. So my job has been to put some trades together to try and either get these picks out from these lads or 
tempt them enough to try and suggest maybe they want the player over the pick. Right. And because we are thorough on this show, we did not just do this in a vacuum. And I have not looked at these. I don't know if Andy did already. I knew not to scroll down because I didn't want to ruin it. Uh, so I've not seen these trades. Sans one that we talked about, which is kind of going to lead into a big part of the discussion asked in the Discord. But before we even get into that, I just want to talk about that statement on 101. Where your team is so bad, congratulations, you got Caleb Williams, but he's not going to be on your roster in a couple years because you're going to need even more draft picks. And I like that point specifically. It gets to a point where your team is so bad, you should not even make the pick for 101. Yeah. So before we get into trading that 101, there comes a point in time where you can tear down so far where holding Justin Jefferson now is working against you. And you should absolutely trade Justin Jefferson in a rebuild if you're that far down. If you are a natural 101, your team is so down bad that anchor piece that you think is going to set your roster up is probably just not going to. Because you need so much help elsewhere, you should be trading that highest elite assets Four more bullets to put back in the chamber. And you continue that process until you have built a solid roster. So, with that being said, Tom Lee, convince me and convince Andy somehow that I should let the 101 be taken from my cold, dead fingers. So, this is the interesting thing. So, when you're pulling trades... For picks in the offseason, it's particularly hard to find naturally occurring picks because the guys who are in that position, like you say, are finishing last, if it's naturally, naturally occurring where you have truly a poor roster, most of them are holding that pick not knowing what to do. So what I want to do first is dive into what are the types of assets and how many assets are you trying to divide that pick for if you have it? Because there were none to pull from that give perfect examples. They were all players looking to change their fortunes heading into next year but no natural 101s occurred. So what are your thoughts, Tom? Do you go for two young picks? Like at the end of the day, the person acquiring 101 is only going to get one player, right? We know this. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to justify saying, give me two of your best young assets for another young asset coming in. I think that's part of the problem when trying to trade away 101. It's one of the hardest things because, for sure. Yeah. Realistically, like you said, what are you going to net? Because in a vacuum, it is easy to say, yeah, I'll go to 101, I'll just trade back to 103 and I'll add a second. What if 103 yeah. goes, no, I'm good? Yeah. What if 104 goes, I'm good? 105, I like where I'm at. 106, I don't want to pay that much to move up. You're screwed now. Now you're taking. 107, 108, 109, which is an absolute dog ringer of opportunity. We don't know what those picks are going to do. You could get Keyshawn Vaughn. You could get Jalen Rager, right? Or you can get lucky and get a Justin Jefferson. Because remember, Justin Jefferson's ADP was 111 in his rookie year. (laughs) Does not happen all the time. I can tell you that much. So it is tough. I can tell you that if... I have the 101. I am not letting it slip out of my fingers if it is not for any of these players. I can tell you exactly the players I would trade this 101 for. Yeah. And what I would, you'd end up having to trade a plus for this. So, obvious ones Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, CJ Stroud, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jamar Chase, end list. Yeah. I might add C.D. Lamb in there. I might. But I think he was good. I don't know if he's Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase good. Sue me, Cowboys fans. (laughs) Now, those are the players that I'm willing to add a little bit to my 101 to go and get it. Now, you might think that sounds crazy. Superflex ADP provided by Adaiko in the Bulletproof Discord, a recent update, shows the 101 going at pick 112. You are holding a round one dynasty asset as of now. I don't think any of those trades necessarily make a lot of sense for somebody who is a natural 101. Mm. However, there is an opportunity to still net an upper-tier quarterback, if not elite. You go send that 101 to a Kyler Murray owner 
who was middle of the pack because they were waiting for Kyler Murray to come off IR. Maybe they want to move off him for a more guaranteed asset. I will go and take a, a shot at a Kyler Murray, Devonta Smith type trade. I would go and take a Kyler Murray and Zay Flowers or T. Higgins type trade in the fifth because you're getting a two and a five in a startup pick for that round one asset. And if we're being honest, Caleb Williams, though great, has no guarantees at quarterback because there is only one entity that can scout quarterbacks correctly, and it is God herself. The rest of us are guessing. And most of the time don't know what we're talking about. So you can go and get a secured asset. And I'm saying, I know you're going to be like, that trade wouldn't happen in my league, Tom. <laughs> That's not for you, okay? Yeah. If you hear something and you're like, that wouldn't happen in my league, it's because that, that wasn't for you then. You're special. Your league is special. And you're all better players than the average person. So congratulations. You're dope as shit. But there are opportunities out there in the void to go and get a Zay Flowers and T. Higgins and then add a round mid-round two-type quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who's on the downswing yeah. in his value being drafted as QB11 now. Kyler has finally passed him. Go and get Trevor Lawrence. Go and get Justin Fields for 101. Interesting enough how they're linked in real life. But you can trade down from 101, go grab Justin Fields, and go and grab uh, Rasheed Rice. Go and get a... Because you need to take those chances. You have to. So... If you can get a Kyler Murray, a Trevor Lawrence, a Justin Fields, a hell, a Brock Purdy with yeah. 101, and then get one more asset, two more assets for your DJ Moores, your T. Higgins, your Zay Flowers, I mean, dare I say, JSN, and then add on top of that a 110 as well because, again, you're getting a two or a three startup pick, a four or five startup pick, and on top of that with an eight and nine startup pick. Right or a seven and an eight, you're mm. you're stacking assets that can become valuable. The problem is if you draft your your Caleb Williams, maybe you don't get to trade him for three firsts like you want to. Yeah. So you can get that value in the aggregate, no matter how many you guys can't see it, but Andy's face every time I was mentioning like Brock Purdy and Justin Fields, you couldn't see his face, but I'm gonna have the recording. Um, but those are those are, you know, for the most part, what I feel very realistic trades for an asset like this, especially yeah. when you break it down into what startup values are. So that's probably a long-winded answer to your question. But for as much depth as I could give it, those are kind of the moves I'm trying to make to move off of it because it opens up laneways for you. Your yeah. team goes from a natural 101 really quick to there's some life. So Yeah. And what I would do with that is I would then take that to Andy and say, well, let's think non-linearly, right? We're not just talking picks of players. What if we did take that 101, we traded it for Justin Jefferson, who is worth multiple pieces, could you then on sell and trade that piece for something more enticing? Because really what we're trying to do is open up trade partners. Not many people want the 101, but the one who does may be willing to give up a big asset, but nothing more for it. So we take 101, we get a big asset. Now we're appealing to the rest of the field, right? We're playing within the league. This is the whole point of dynasty. How do we open up avenues? So now you've traded for Justin Jefferson, you can go and break it down for looking for more pieces. Andy, is that something you've tried and you would enjoy trying to do with the 101? Is that a non-linear way that you could approach it? Well, I'm going to be honest, I haven't had a lot of 101s because... Right, humble brag. <laughs> I'm too good. I'm Andy Buckler. <laughs> yeah. Just I have fake championship us. teams. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, get you a ring. Get you a ring and then we'll talk. But I, I haven't had a lot Brilliant. of 101s. But yeah. if I did, I think that does. I think that does make sense. You know, get you... Like you said... There might be one or two teams in the whole league that wants the one one that wants Caleb, or maybe they don't even want Caleb. They might want Marvin. But if you get Justin Jefferson, eleven other people in the league want Justin Jefferson. There we so go. you can yeah. definitely make you can definitely make something shake that way for sure. I will say though, back on the one one, I did see the one one get traded one time in one of my leagues this offseason. It got traded one time and it was with the one oh eight to get Patrick yep. Mahomes. So it is a possible yep. trade. It is a real league, a real money league that happened. I did see that. So it is possible. Is a possibility to get a trade like that done. There's hope for us out there, Tom. What are you doing? <laughs> well, you know, he brings up a great point about gold, 
and championship gold. And I didn't want to distract the people with too much of the shine off of all of my championship gold. Uh, but since Andy told me to go get some rings, here's one. And then obviously some championship belts. So, uh, so I thought the Canadians were a humble people. Isn't this? We lied. Yep. Nope. It's a lie. There's Mickey a Mouse Geneva, rings. The yeah. Geneva Convention was invented because of Canada. So they lied to you your whole life. Where was that in the fun fact part? Don't, 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 don't talk that shit because I'm not perceived, baby. Anyway, I think, I Let's, think you're right. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually do agree with what you're saying there, Andy. So you're good. <laughs> Joke aside, I agree. So with that being said, let's try to get some of these trades done. Yeah. So what we did find was 101 uh, for some assets. So what, we, what we've got is I'll try to frame each trade with the position that the team is in very briefly. Don't ask me questions about them because I don't have the roster put up in front of me. Um, I'd, I'd be making stuff out of my ass. So what we have is the 101 in a top. So a top three team last year has acquired the 101 a year ago and now wants a top end piece to push for the ship next year. Would you take Amon Ross and Brown and Dalton Schultz for the 101? Andy. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because Dalton Schultz is a zero to me. Like that's like kind of like a fake overpay type piece in that trade. You're trading it. It's pretty much just 101 for Amon Ra, which he goes after Caleb Williams in the startup. So you're losing value on that trade. And maybe someone likes Dalton Schultz more than me or something, but he's not a real piece. He's just a fake piece to like, he's fluffing a trade. So I wouldn't take what, that. I would, what I would, would you counter piece. with if that was the case? Because Amon Ra is pretty close to that value of like a piece who would push a roster up higher. So what sort of piece are you looking for instead of a Schultz? Because if you like the structure, what are you countering with? A decent receiver, maybe like a like a step up from like a Hollywood type receiver, maybe a second. Okay. All right. Okay. Tom? A step up from a Hollywood type receiver. Hollywood Brown going as wide receiver 41, which is egregious. Egregious. If you're going to yeah. give me Hollywood Brown wide receiver 41 type prices, you're all loopy. Insane prices right now. I think you're right. I think in a step up situation, obviously if I'm trading the 101, I got to feel pretty good about – my contending chances, I would assume, I would yeah. be attacking a Devonte Adams. I would be attacking uh, Stephon Diggs. I would be attacking a DK Metcalf. Guys that are either somewhat on the decline, right? With Diggs, he might actually be dust. Uh, <laughs> so take that for what's worth. But Devonte Adams, quite clearly not dust. I very aggressively made that a point last week when I wasn't supposed to. So you can go back and listen to that. But he's going <laughs> as the wide receiver 28, which is just insane. Yeah. So if you can do that, even a, a, a Jaden Reed type, although there's a lot of risk with Jaden Reed. When everyone was on the field, he was basically non-existent. Yeah. He's very kind of gadgety. But DK Metcalf, people have wide receiver fatigue on Metcalf. Higgins. Uh, Higgins, fatigue, myself included. I don't want to roster him just because I don't want to roster him. Drake London, people might be trying to sell. So I think you're right on there with the elite, but you got to remember he's not going too much. Like St. Brown is going one spot one. after the yeah. 101 right now, yeah. according to the ADP sheet that we have in front of us. Again, provided by the Bulletproof Discord and Adaiko. Yeah, uh, I think that's the hard part. Because so you're not, if, if you want that elite asset, there aren't, like, again, this is why the trading the one-on-one is so difficult because what else? no one else wants to give up extra on top of an elite asset because the best they're going to hope for if they're going to use that pick is an elite asset. So mm-hmm. there, is, like, there is a fear there of, like Tom says, maybe let's tier down again and look for two of a lower tier rather than the top tier. It's also tough because the one-on-one is more than likely a quarterback. It's really hard to trade it without getting one back. Yeah. So it makes it even tougher. But if you're a team that's contending that ended up with the 101, then in my opinion, you're more likely not rolling out Matthew Stafford and yeah. like Geno Smith. So if you have that 101 because you had the lottery, which everyone should have a lottery, and you are actually able to send that pick off without being in a total rebuild situation, I don't think you have to worry about that quarterback situation. Of course, you could always just take Marvin Harrison Jr., 101, I mean, that's something that's very much on the table that people aren't talking about a lot, but yep. you very well could. He goes to Arizona. I mean, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. 101. 
Network so, token. Game mm. over. So you don't need Amon Ross St. Brown. So I love this structure. I love how we discussed it, but keep in mind uh, you're moving your one-on-one right at this moment mm. is leaving a lot on the table. Massively. So you have to be prepared for that more than anything. All right. So then the second one, we talked about, you just mentioned the lottery. This is perfect. So two mid-table teams switched their picks during the year. The winner of the uh, deal came fifth, but their seventh round pick, their seventh 101 pick turned out to win the lottery, got them the 101. They're looking for a piece to try and push next year. They finished fifth. They might've been unlucky. A lot of people who, again, had good years finished outside of the top three, four and five. They were offered CMC, the 112, and DeAndre Hopkins for the 101. Tom, what are you doing? Not that. Because mm. <laughs> you can just, look, Christian McCaffrey yeah. is the GOAT. And the last time I talked shit about Christian McCaffrey on Twitter, uh, it went well? I, no, I got absolutely <laughs> roasted because no. when he got traded there, I said that I didn't like it as much because his volume is probably going to go down, even though his efficiency, yeah. go, efficiency goes up. And he went out and scored four fucking touchdowns and 50 points <laughs> in his first game. And It was a logic-driven take. It just, you know, it's Christian McCaffrey. It, I got <laughs> yeah. crushed. Yeah. yeah. So whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, he's still a uh, high ankle sprain away from having no value. Yeah. He's great. He's going to be great next year. He's probably going to be great two years from now. When I'm looking at this kind of asset, I ask, can he survive a major injury? And no. Yeah, you want that insurance. If I had Brees Hall and he tore yeah. his ACL again, iffy, but God forbid, I'm going to knock on wood. But if, if Bijan Robinson tore his ACL tomorrow, Bijan Robinson would be a second round startup pick in a year. And you ask, how? How did Brees Hall do it having no touches inside the five? Yeah. He's a great player and he's a young player. And they can bounce back from these things. McCaffrey's not doing that. So if you were contending, you're fake this is a fake contender to me, with this finish fifth last fifth. year, yeah. swap mid first and won the one oh one lottery, you've hit the jackpot. Just stick with the one oh one, bro. At yeah. that point, you're already sitting comfortable. Andy, I assume you sort of agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially with the other pieces in the trade, like again, they're fake overpay pieces. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, he's yeah. damn near he's damn near zero at this point, and then the one twelve is going to be a late first round wide receiver, more than likely. So, yeah, you can't trade the one one for that. You need a real like piece, like Tom said, that can't lose value. Most likely, a quarterback or a receiver. You can't do it for a running back, even though it is the best running back. You still can't. Well, you speaking can go of for, that, like, a Brees Hall type back. Just, the trade structure has to be. Uh, uh, manipulated. And you're saying that because I probably just spoiled something by accident. <laughs> I was just about to say, at 102, uh, would you take Brees Hall straight up for the 102? The idea being that you've lost that initial, like the 101, the, the allure of the best pick in the draft. There's still a chance the guy you wanted slides to. We're talking Williams, we're talking MJ, MHJ. So there's still a chance that guy gets through to you. But if you want that extra piece, if you finish eighth, you're in the middle of the road, you don't need QB, and you're worried that MH Jay is going first. Do you take Brees Hall for the 102? Andy. I love Brees. He's he's one of my favorite running backs in the league. I, I really do cool. think he's really, really good. And especially what he did this season off the ACL, not even touching the ball inside the five being RB2. I wouldn't take this. I would rather mm-hmm. have the 102 because for two reasons. One, I would just rather have the wide receiver than the running back. If it's Marvin Harrison, you said there's a chance it could not be Marvin Harrison in this situation. Then it's the quarterback versus a running back. And I have the more valuable player. I can trade that for more. I don't have to keep Caleb. He's just worth more than Brees. Like he's a first round starter. He's just, he's just worth more. So I would not do it, but it would hurt if it was the one Oh three. I know that I don't own that pick in this situation. I would take it, but not for the one Oh two. Yeah, and I think that's important. That's kind of why I asked is because people get stuck in this mindset of I don't need this position, therefore I've got to go and get another one with the pick, right? So the allure was Brees with the RB, but then if you get a quarterback slide to you, like you say, keeping that mindset of value still exists as value, you don't necessarily need to pivot away just because you don't need that position, right? Tom, similar thoughts? Brees Hall 102? Yeah, I just don't want to come off sounding like a, a zero RB Z lot, right? Like I just... <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I you love... did say that you built a dynasty roster around three young running backs and luckily a quarterback. So, you know. Yeah, well, not like you've covered your ass there. <laughs> two, baby. Stroud and Love. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, we're locking Love in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I also would not take this for the same reasons yeah. that Andy said. I don't even have much to add except for we're getting a quarterback 101 that's not Bryce Young. Everything everyone and their mom knows it should have been Stroud even without hindsight. Yeah. Right. The Bryce the Bryce Young pick was weird even though <laughs> I mean, I did have him listed as my 101 at one point, so full transparency. Um but we're getting Caleb Williams who is just coming out next tier even to those two quarterbacks. So if you're going that way, I'm going to do it. Or you get this wide receiver that's going to be drafted in the top five. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but wide receivers drafted in the top five of the NFL draft, pretty high chance of them hitting a 17-plus point-per-game season. So yeah. I'm I'm just going to take the 102, and I think you have more of an opportunity to add value if you want to trade out of it than you would with the Brees Hall even at this point. So with that about trading assets for more right than with Brees Hall, I have a surprise trade proposal as I looked to my right and I saw Twitter and who other than Dynasty Zoltan, Mike, (laughs) good player, great Dynasty manager, love talking to him, working on scheduling a podcast together it's going to be a great time i can't wait he proposed this in a poll dynasty superflex ppr half point tight end premium the 102 or the 106 and a 25 first now this is just vacuuming because there's no um, no framing references yep right so very interested to hear what everyone has to say here i'll start with tom lee um i'm taking it i mean this year 106 for me is right on that edge of being in a tier um a lot of the time, the young quarterbacks, yes, they're highly valuable, but this draft looks a little thin after that. And 106 plus what could be anything in the 25 first or what I could do with that 25 first for me suggests that it's enough to move. Um, it could well be wrong. It's one of those ones that can backfire instantly. The draft happens and all of a sudden 105 is a cutoff. You're stuck with 106 and you know I'm having to use some of my narrative-based trading skills to try and get myself out of it. But um, for me, that value is, is enough to pivot out of 102. Um, having said that, if you held to the draft, that's probably the only other time I'd be okay with it. Hold the 102 to the draft and just see what happens with that first pick because I think the price of 102 goes up as soon as the first pick is made, regardless of the outcome. There's enough hype about these two guys that I think there's going to be someone in that league who wants to pop on the other one and thinks it's value, even though it's the same right. pick. I can see by the look on Andy's face, he's just wanting us to shut up to tell us that we're wrong. So please, Andy, tell us. Go on, Andy. Why? Because I can see it. Maserati Mar. Had to do my, <laughs> my inner Gus Johnson there. I want the 102 for that. Uh, because like you said, 106 is the cutoff right now. From what we know right now, pre-combine, 106 is the last of a tier. And it's looking yep. like Romo Dunze, who... Is starting to come out like a little like a little shaky on some of the analytic stuff. We're not a prospect show, so we won't get into it. But that it, he is the cutoff there. And then you're looking at Marvin Harrison Jr. has a shot to be a top three dynasty wide receiver off the bat. You're not getting that for I don't know a QB fifteen and a random first. So I just want I want Marvin there. I want Maserati Marv there pretty pretty easily. I think. Yeah, that's fair enough. Easily is where I have an issue. Easily, so you can in a realistic <laughs> world land a neighbors, right? Rome, Daniels, and Bowers. So, I think you know there's a real possibility there where you're you're laughing down the road. This is also based off of what is in my mind of who the way the top six players are going to go. Like I yeah. have like a, I have like a random, like I have like an order in my head that I okay, think like, hear so, okay. Let's hear <laughs> All right. Caleb, pull it, pull it from the dome. Caleb, Marvin, neighbors, may or Daniels, may Bowers, those six. And then Odunze is right off there. It was Odunze over Bowers. Now it's Bowers over Odunze for me. So it's those six. And if they go, if it goes in that order in my head, then I just want, Marvin Harrison over those two assets. The security of the one or two. Now we are yeah. talking about a tight end premium situation. 
Yeah. So to me, that changes Bowers a little bit, even though the picture of him standing next to Gronk makes <laughs> him looks like an IT intern. It does. I severely yeah. want to drop in my ranks. And after talking to Scott Barrett today, uh, discussing whether or not we think he is a screen pass merchant or not. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I told him today that I, I view him very closely to how Trey McBride was for me coming out. We know mm. how much I love Trey McBride. But if you're telling me Trey McBride, you know, in a 25 1, that 102 starts looking a little, not, you know, a little more yeah. tradable in a tight end premium. So he's also most yeah. likely just going to take a little minute. He, he's also hurt right now. Maybe. He's, gonna, he, he's also hurt right now, but he's going to take a little minute. Marvin Harrison, like, if he does what we think he's going to do and what we expected, like, his value is just going to be, like, through the roof. Like, it, it's really hard for a wide receiver to be a first-round startup pick. I mean, it's just really difficult to get there at that position. We, we have two right now or three right now. Yeah. He looks like he's on a trajectory to hit that. It's just something really rare, something I want. So I, I wanted, I just want to take that over that for sure. So let's take that and let's pivot back towards the trades that are up there. So we talked about how running back doesn't do it because you get a QB, which is a more valuable asset, or you get MHJ. What about an established guy in Garrett Wilson or the eliteness of Tyreek Hill? Are either of these two pushing the the the, uh, the edge for you at 102? Garrett Wilson's close. I think I... I might I might take Garrett Wilson over the 102. I think I actually would take Garrett Wilson over the 102 because I know Garrett Wilson's very very good. I've seen he's very good. One. Yeah, I, I know he's very good. I I've seen him. He's only 23 going into year three, and he did he was dynasty wide receiver three coming into the season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and now he's back to like I don't know where he is on keep trade cup, but he was like wide receiver nine. That doesn't make any sense. He didn't do anything to show us that we were wrong in our evaluation of his talent. He produced yeah, he was with, good with utter garbage with, quarterback with, with yeah. trash cans like QB. I mean, he, he was yeah. out there producing. He still what he even ended up mustering to be usable as much as usable as he was this season is pretty damn impressive. What he had to work with. So I think Garrett Wilson, like, because I, I think he could be in that tier of like super super elite NFL wide receiver. So I would take Garrett Wilson. Nice, Tom. I'm gonna take Marvin Harrison <laughs> over over Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Purely, I can't, I can't blame you. Yeah, like knowing, and I'll tell you what it is. And I'm, I'm gonna be a merchant to, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a value bitch right now. That's what I'm gonna be. I know that the 102 is going at the 201, and I know that Garrett Wilson is the wide receiver six right now. Yeah. So I know that right now, which is when he the was, question is being asked. He was just a one-two term pick. I have. Yeah, I bet he just was, but now he's not. So, For no reason, though. <laughs> I don't make those calls. People make those calls. I'm not out there on the start. Just of the man I of the people. One. I haven't done one yet. Okay, yeah. but to me, the gap potentially between what we know about Marvin Harrison as a prospect, uh, his landing spot, the only way this really changes for me if for some Patriots. stupid reason the Patriots draft him at three and I want to go jump into traffic. Uh, it would be not good, but the gap, I mean, going right after Garrett Wilson is AJ Brown and I'm sorry, but give me Marvin Harrison over AJ Brown. Yeah. Right. Within that tier, we're not that far off right now. So I think, I think I want Marvin Harrison over Garrett Wilson. As for the Tyreek side, that's not even close to me. I mean, yeah. give me Marvin, I love Tyreek. Uh, but again, we're talking aging asset guy wants to exactly retire right. and, retire and do porn and <laughs> like that's, that's he's, he's the goat but uh, as yeah. for my picks chances are my team is bad i'm just taking yeah. uh i'm taking garrett finished fourth he just missed a chance at the super bowl so never mind uh i'm still gonna take marvin i think i'm gonna take yeah. marvin here i agree yeah i think especially a guy who could boom out the gates from day one i think that's absolutely fine we moved to 103 um Finished tenth on the roster. Finished tenth in the league. Decent roster, but young. Doesn't need QB. Again, the narrative that people sell themselves. Would you take tight end Sam Laporta for the one hundred and three? Tom. Sam Laporta finished tenth. Good roster, but young. Doesn't need a quarterback. Finished tenth. Would I take Sam Laporta tight end premium? Yeah. Correct. Yes. Spice. Yes, I would take Sam Laporta. He's my nice. dynasty tight end one. So yeah. it tight end premium bumps it. 
Gimme give gimme give him right there. Big daddy o <laughs> Eddie. Yep, I agree. Because going back to my uh my in my head dynasty rookie rankings, that would be Sam Laporta for uh, for neighbors. That's the tight end one overall for what wide receiver seven. I think you take that easy. Any happy with that? And they're going back to back right now. So yeah. Well, let's pivot from tight end to wide receiver. So let's go from Laporta to the hotness of this year. Puka Nakua. Tom, you finished eighth. You got a solid roster, but you need skill positions. You taking Puka? Yes. Yes. This is one of those situations where you don't make dynasty harder than it has to be. This yeah. is this is the the it could be anything meme or it could be Puka Nakua meme. Yeah. The guy shattered records. I don't care about the total <laughs> games played. So miss me with that shit. Uh-huh. They love him. He's gonna be there. His situation's not changing as of right now. He's unreal. He's past Cooper Cup in that offense. He's unbelievable as a player, wins in multiple levels. It's one of those situations where Neighbors is great. Some might say he's better than Marvin Harrison Jr. I disagree. But, I mean, I'm probably taking Puva, Puka, Puva, oh my God, Puka <laughs> over Marvin Harrison at this point because you don't see rookie production like that ever. Yeah. And if it's, well, I need to see it one more year, well, guess what? Now you're the guy that passed on Almond Ross St. Brown. Yeah, and, and you now you're him. the now you're the one paying for him at the two one, instead of getting him later. Except people people are not screwing this up with Puka, and they're taking him where he should go, in the early of round two in a startup. So give me Puka Nakua here, Andy. Yeah, this is kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. We we want Puka here for sure. Because <laughs> did you did you write that down to read it off? <laughs> no, <laughs> it was just it was like. <laughs> Like I, it's it's such an important thing. I can't stop it. I need to nail every single bit of this. No, that's crazy. You enunciated the shit yeah. out of that. Now we're getting cooked. No, it's good. It's good. I agree with you. Keep it simple. I mean, it really is. Again, it's narrative straight. People get in their heads. If they didn't have a share of Puka this year, they didn't watch him play. They understand the hotness, but they see the draft capital. They still play it in their heads. The same mistake everyone made with uh, Amon Ross and Brown. Like you're just not convinced at what point will you be, this is the reason you finished eighth in this league and you'll continue to finish eighth and donate money to the rest of us. So yeah, I'm with you guys. The last one on this list is a running back just because I wanted some rounding out of it. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, really ambiguous figure at the moment. This person finished fifth, just unlucky to miss out. Wants that little boost. Is JT of any interest up near this area? No, Let's go not Tom. a chance. Yeah. Not a chance. He, it's it's not even close, even. Well, I mean, we talked about can a player survive an injury. Jonathan Taylor's value is hanging on by a thread after barely not holding on thanks to an injury and a team with a, a bunch of questions. So he came back and he looked okay for certain games, but he honestly didn't provide too much more than what Zach Moss provided them earlier in the year. Which and I don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying <laughs> that Taylor is Zach Moss. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in terms of building my team, what I want value, I want those guys that are legitimate value difference makers in Brees, Gibbs, Bijan, Taylor, not quite there. I think Taylor's actually my dynasty RB six or seven right now. Yeah. I have not updated my fantasy points ranks, but I am working on them for next week. They will drop. So stay tuned for that. This is not even close to me. Yeah, I think he's someone we'll dive into more in the offseason because I think he presents as a really interesting asset going forward. Andy, thoughts on that? Nah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Jonathan Taylor doesn't project as well as in year pa- years past, but I do think he's yeah. still really interesting and still a player that he's outside of that Bijan Gibbs breeze, but he's probably the most like available one of those running backs you can actually buy. Like He's pretty obtainable. So I think yeah. he's super interesting in that aspect, but not for not for that pick. Yeah, I agree. We head to the 104. I want to go a little quick for on the 104 because really the, the conceit here is like, let's just say we've talked about the players who could go 103, 104, 105. Right. If it's not neighbors, it's likely May. So at 104, if you're a person who's finished between fifth and seventh, you want an extra piece, are you taking any of these following players? Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins, or Tank Dell plus a piece? No, I mean, and, and for me, it's not May, it's Jade Daniels. So, 
I think I, I have Daniels ahead of May. I've been convinced. So no, I want I want Daniels. These receivers are fine, but they're nesting dolls. So yeah, I don't I don't want that. I mean, Tank Dell reason- plus Baker is fine. Like it's yeah. fine, but nah. Jalen Waddle is is the king on top of the nesting doll. He's the largest of the nesting doll. He gets it going, and yeah. I know Andy loves T, but I'm not I'm not moving Daniels for him. So th- these are just names I think that carry weight still in the dynasty landscape. And yeah. I think at 104, for people who haven't looked closely at the draft yet, on the face value of it, it looks like it could be done. Right, Andy? What are your thoughts? Jalen Waddle, T Higgins, Tank Dell, and Baker for the 104. Any interest? I like Waddle. I like Waddle for the 104. If it's guaranteed to not be neighbors, I like Waddle because I'm not even someone who really likes to draft rookie quarterbacks. And I'm getting, I'm half, now I have to pick which one of those second tier quarterbacks is going to be the one. Like, I don't really want to be in that business. I really like Waddle. If it's not going to be neighbors, I think I just want him. I don't want to sit here and have to choose. One of them quarterbacks are going to bust. Like we, we just, we know it. It's, it's history. It's what it is. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to draft quarterbacks. So I'd rather just take – I would take Waddle. When, the Tank Dell one's really close, but Tank Dell is a player that's kind of like – I don't know. He's been tripping me out lately. I don't know what to think about yeah. Tank Dell, and I hate Like what is, what is Tank Dell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> – Tank Dell is little and coming off a broken ankle, and he's an old prospect. He turned 24 in his rookie season. Yeah. So that one – I think that one is close. If Baker – I mean, maybe if Baker gets a contract, he would be more like – a more desirable answer. aspect because then I could flip yeah. him for someone that's not Baker because I don't want to look at Baker on, on, on my team. But the T Higgins one, no, I wouldn't do that. As much as I love T Higgins, he's still below Waddle for me, and uh, I yeah, think, so I wouldn't do that one. What if Baker gets his TV ad deals back? Will that entice nope. you a little bit more? Worse, nope. I'm dropping him in value. <laughs> Progressive that's, Baker's a drop. That's worse. <laughs> but he lives in the stadium. He loves the people. Um, yeah, he, right. he lives in the stadium, not watching enough film. We don't need Baker. We don't, we don't need Cleveland Baker back. Okay. We're, <laughs> we're no done with Cleveland Baker. That. Yeah, I agree. So we sort of moved from this top tier of picks. So people I think associate 101 through 104 is like top tier, right? Even though there's tiers within the draft and within rookie drafts, but 105, 106 tend to be owned by middling rosters, right? If it's a naturally occurring pick, these guys are looking to make moves. So this is where it kind of gets interesting to me because you're kind of getting a pick of what sort of, assets you want and you're going to get multiple you're going to get a single player so 105 let's just say you finish mid-table you're fairly balanced with the roster are you taking jordan addison and evan ingram for the 105 tom no no i won't do that it's just re-rolling 105 uh, i think addison's a good player but he, he lived on touchdowns i'm gonna pass andy i'll take addison the one of uh, addison and ingram for the 105 why because I because I know Jordan Addison is good. I see him be good. He's a similar prospect to Udunze, who we're going back mm-hmm. off those rankings, who would be there. And I saw him produce. I know he's good. I liked him uh, a lot as a prospect. And he's in an ambiguous situation, right? Maybe Justin Jefferson gets traded. Maybe Jefferson, Justin Jefferson wants out. Maybe they get a better quarterback. Kirk Cousins is going to come back. I don't know where Udunze is going to land. I don't know. And I get Evan Ingram, who – I don't like another player I don't like in the Baker tier. But the dude caught over 100 passes last season. We're assuming this is a tight end premium league. He's 29 yeah. years old, and he provides a lot of value. And he's a player you can definitely trade. So I want I want Addison because I think Addison, the 105, even, and I'd rather have Addison, and I get a free tight end that actually produces. Yeah. I, I want the package. Is Miles. there a non-injury-based way that you think you can lose that trade? Yeah. So let's say yes. both both players stay healthy. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And does that you bring you any get fear? Get a better quarterback. Who? Yeah. The quarterback landscape is garbage. Kirk Cousins is the only answer for that team. I'm sorry, but no Kirk Cousins. You downgrade quarterback, no matter how much <laughs> you look at the landscape. Who? There's the it's it's bad. It's god awful. God awful. You're you gonna bring Taylor Heineke? Think Taylor Heineke is going to support multiple top tier wide receivers with Justin Jefferson there? No. And then Hawkinson comes back. I love Jordan Addison. I think he's a great player. Jordan Addison ran so hot on touchdowns. It's insane. 
insane. And who knows what kind of season he has if Kirk Cousins sticks he, around. He was also splitting days. routes. He was splitting routes with KJ Midborn for like seven weeks. That's going to be that's dead now. Hundred <laughs> percent. I I won't disagree with you there. He had ten touchdowns, right on twelve end zone targets. Four of those yeah. touchdowns came in the end zone. That's that's pretty good. Here's the problem. He still only had 12.8 expected fantasy points per game. And he finished with 13 points per game, which puts him in a tier of receiver of guys that I can probably replicate that production. And then you're like, okay, where's his path to being that next step wide receiver? And it's not anywhere with Justin Jefferson included. And old man cousins isn't getting younger and his Achilles isn't magically going to be a hundred percent. And it's not like Atlanta is not going to offer him a boatload of money. And the next question is who's next? Jaron Hall. You're going to bring Dobbs back. Going to offer Baker a massive contract. It yes. doesn't look good. The quarterback <laughs> but, but, landscape but, but, is ass. Why would you, but why would I re-roll the one Oh five when Addison already hit? Like what, what but, am I re-rolling for? I'm re-rolling the, to a Dunze for what? Sure, but what's the actual likelihood that he becomes an alpha top 12 wide receiver in the league? Probably higher than the 105 that hasn't played yet. But we don't know that. Exactly. Not but to I mention, don't, I, you're, I know you're attaching a name. I, I, you're also attaching a name to that pick. What if it's not Rome? What if it's May? What if I have to do the trade right now, though. I'm assuming. Right, like, so but that's what I'm saying. You don't have that's a That's why it's passed into not knowing. Yeah. It gives you more avenues to go than being locked into Addison. Like Addison is a player, but if you're telling me that Addison and Zay Flowers aren't the same fucking guy, you're insane. Addison's better. Addison and Devonta <laughs> Smith are like the same guy. I hate to tell you, but Addison, more probable to be a nesting doll wide receiver than an alpha wide receiver in the league. So if you're telling me I can re-roll for a potential Quentin Johnson player, sure. But <laughs> Quinn Johnson wasn't getting drafted at the 105. And if you were if, if you did, you deserved everything you didn't get with Quentin Johnson this year. So for me, if I'm looking at a wide receiver, I want to find who has the highest potential to be the elite asset. Yeah, I saw Addison. Touchdowns aren't sticky. What are you left with? A murky situation? Being alpha cucked by Justin Jefferson? And a lot of question marks. So, yes, I will use that to move on. Would I add an Evan Ingram? Probably not in a <laughs> tight end premium. I yeah. maybe want a third back something. But, yes, it just there needs to be a path for that elite ceiling. He had 10 touchdowns as a rookie. We know it's not sticky. And he still only hit 13 points per game. It's just, it's good. And yes, there are injuries. But guess what? It's not always greener on the other side. So, questions? <laughs> All I know is I'm writing Jordan Anderson's name down for future in the, uh, the offseason here. <laughs> like, come back to that. Uh, let's finish off on 105. So a couple of running backs. Uh, I don't really have strong opinions on either because I was wrong on both of them as far as evaluating these assets went. Let's just say you finish sixth or seventh and you want a player to try and take you there next year to try and push and compete. Kyron Williams and Rashad White. Any interest in either for the 105? Let's go, Tom. Can you reread the circumstances? <laughs> you finish sixth or seventh and you need RB. You want Kyron or Rashad for 105? Um, <laughs> man. Man. Sixth or seventh is too far. Sixth or seventh is too far. No, I want 105. Sixth and seven is too far. Too far. I think Kyron so you came, is going gonna, is gonna to be just an absolute beast again this year. And yeah. I traded a lot of 25 ones and 26 ones for Rashad White on contending teams. Sixth and seven is too far. Sixth and seven, the running back's not getting you there. If you came fourth, does that change your mind? Yeah, yeah, I probably, yeah. I probably pull the trigger on. So it's pretty tight. Yeah. All I'm, There's all I'm hearing is I did a good job. <laughs> yeah, there is, is a big huge gap. gap. Yeah. Yeah, Andy. 
No, I wouldn't because first of all, I hate needs in February. Yeah. Like you don't need yeah. a running back in February. It's February. We're not setting lineups for seven months. So yeah. you probably need a lot more than that if if you think that's something like if you have the one oh five. So no, I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't do I wouldn't do either of them. Kyron is closer just because I think he has that elite ceiling, that twenty point per game ceiling. And I would just much rather buy it in season just because of whatever fuckery could happen with Sean McVay from now till opening day that I'd rather just buy it in week four. It probably won't even cost that much more. And with Rashad White, he he isn't good. <laughs> He's a good fantasy player. He, CMC. He, he isn't he isn't I mean he isn't good though, so I don't want to buy him not right now. And I love I love Richard White, but he's he's not he's not very good at the football part. So I wouldn't want to buy him in February. I would buy him later, not right now. Yep. Not not pre-draft and pre-free agency. Tom? I, I agree, but I don't think good necessarily matters at running back. I think volume does. So. It it matters as far as getting replaced. Could you be replaced? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. It's just it's this really hard for me to have sucks, opinion. Though, so I don't know who's getting replaced yeah. with the next. Year. I think that's it. So that's really why I added the word needs because it's not something that we tend to, to sort of track towards using the word I need someone through the draft, but it's a really common thing out there, especially for new dynasty players. So right. getting this idea around like there's no RBs coming up in this draft. I need RB help. What am I going to do? I don't want one of the old guys. The appeal of these guys starts to push those first out of the team. So it's almost like a word of warning of saying, like you don't like you said, you don't need anything until much later in the season, if not in season next year or this year. I will say you're right in the not having needs in February. Yeah, I'll absolutely. You, I'll give you that. I'm right on it's one just, thing. That's crazy. I'll give you that one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. You can always be right years later. I was wrong on both, so who knows? The last pick for us, 106. Uh, I've only thrown this in because I know that Andy likes him and I just want to see what the take is. But James Cook in the 204 or 106? one overall, James Cook. <laughs> Let's go, Andy. What do you got? <laughs> okay, now that I'm just like James Cook stand, which kind of pisses me off that it's gotten to this point. You said it! <laughs> just because I, you know, I like James Cook because he he has an arm sleeve and he looks around the field. Now I'm just James <laughs> Cook stand. But... I, I think this is this is pretty close because oh, of that because of that two hundred four. Yeah, because of that two hundred four. I just don't know how to value the two hundred four right now because of the yeah. fact that there's going to be no running backs in the draft class. How like ass is the early or like mid second going to be? I don't know. Yeah. So I, it would be like naive to look at this just one hundred six for James Cook, and I would take one hundred six over James Cook. It's yeah. really I'm just struggling with the 204 because I don't know how much value that 204 holds in this class with the fact of with the no running backs. And maybe there's three, four quarterbacks in the first round, like maybe J.J. McCarthy sneaks in the first round of the NFL draft. That makes it a little deeper. Yeah. But I don't know just because I don't know how to value the 204. Tom? Uh, this is pretty good. This Thank is you. pretty good. But I'm going <laughs> to stick to my guns here. And go 106. I've said that I want the 106. I want in the top six. Yeah. Right. I've been saying that for a while with this draft. I want in the top six and everything after that. Maybe we can do another episode on that. But for time's sake, I'm just going to stick to that gun and say top six. I want I want the pick. I think James Cook is dope. Don't think he's the RB1 overall like Andy. RB2. He's very dope. I think he'd be very good. <laughs> he still has a very large Caucasian touchdown problem in Buffalo. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, that's gonna hinder yeah, his two, total 240, upside. six foot five, can't throw yeah. massive Caucasian <laughs> issue in Buffalo for his touchdown. Yeah, for what it's worth, I agree. I mean, like 106 is just gonna keep improving in value until a certain point, so I'm just staying with it for now. If this was later in the offseason, it may change. James Cook, get another guy. Don't get me to evaluate running backs at any point this offseason because another guy, not that I missed on, I'm just not a huge fan of. Because um, I didn't know how he'd be used. And like you say, the Caucasian running back issue up in Buffalo. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, re- re-roll this one to me later in the offseason. I might have a different take. But for now, it's 106 and it's all the value. Yep, 100%. Cool. More. So, last one for us. We'll get out on a real easy one. It's just a couple of vets. So, if you finish second, you're ready to push again. You got the 106. Are you taking Dusty, Dusty, Dusty in Cooper Cup and Derrick Henry for the 106? 
Let's no. finish with Andy. No shot. Yeah. No, no shot. <laughs> <laughs> like after this whole show and everything we've really like broken down as best we can from yeah. narrative to theory to possibilities. Yeah. Fucking no. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Cooper Cup just got alpha cucked by yeah. the runner up for offensive rookie of the year, which we now have that official. Yeah. Uh, Puka Nakua is the runner up by a wide margin, which is kind of odd. And and Derrick Henry, who needs a contract to even have life in the NFL. Just, it's just a classic thing of like, here are assets that you're really familiar with in the last five years. Let's see if there's anything yeah. out there. And it's the perfect pick to target because people are really not sure what to do with 106. So having said that, you're targeting the guy that finished second. So good, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. That's it. That's everything we got. That was a great show. Look at that. Hour and five. Just a, a, a beauty of a program with two absolute beauties themselves. Let's get some final thoughts for get out here. I'll start with Andy on the final thoughts. I think Jordan Addison's the GOAT. I think that's my, <laughs> <laughs> my final clip. thought. Clip and clip. Tom Lee. Cool uh, you know me. A little bit of uh, Aussie slang to finish off on. Uh, the saying is, mad as a cut snake is one of my favorites. Um <laughs> Essentially, someone who's just wild or out of control. Stay away from that guy. He's as mad as a cut snake. Uh, a little happy one to go with for the day. God, I love that those are back. They make me so happy. I'm going to find a way to use that tomorrow. Okay, and for myself, my final thoughts are always the same. There's no right or wrong way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football. The minute you think you are the smartest person in the room, just know you are the least smartest person in the room. You either adapt or die. And that's just how the game is. It is forever changing. Never get sink, uh, sunk too far into your process. Never believe that there is one definite because only a Sith deals in absolutes. Of course, I want to remind everyone to check in on their loved ones. Even if you're not sure that you need them, make sure to check out FantasyPoints.com for the Super Bowl contest. Remember that clear eyes, full hearts can never lose in your best days. Well, goddamn, they're always been tilting. Good night, everybody. <laughs>